Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! You're listening to the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. My name's Clive and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Ricky. How are you this evening, Ricky? I'm doing very, very well. Um, we're doing double duty this week. I know. Um, we've talked the last few weeks about things that are out with the current product. So we thought we'd give it a wee bash and talk about things that have been going on on Raw and Smackdown the last few weeks. How does that sound to you? It, no, it doesn't sound good because what are you doing? <laughs> did you leave the? <laughs> I, I did not. I did not, and that sounds like an American voice. So I mean, I'm 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 not entirely sure what's going on here. I'm not either. Like, how did you guys steal my podcast from Scotland? I don't know how that's possible. That's just how we do it over here. <laughs> no, what's what's going on, guys? This is actually the Outsider's Edge. And um, I have been taken over by my good friends, my good Scottish blokes, uh, Ricky and Clyde. <laughs> so, yeah, um, this is your boy Rance, Ray Cash, and uh, Carl is not with us this week. He is on vacation in the middle of nowhere. So uh, I gave a call to my good, bo- my good friends, my good brothers, uh, Ricky and Clive. So, gentlemen, thank you guys for... Uh, for stepping up and being a part of this, man. I appreciate it. How you guys doing? Doing well, thank you for having us both. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the chat that we'll have. It will obviously be a different tone, different feel to the Ricky and Clive show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. <laughs> well, I want you to know, uh, uh, a precursor for being on the Outsider's Edge is you have to attack the fans the entire show. That's the point. That's I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but no, you know, we are a bit more hardcore here. We kind of let it fly, uh, you know, so don't be afraid to, you know, spit your fire, man. Just let it let it go. So, Brian, you if you want to tell us how bad R- Rusev is, go at it. Ricky, if you want to tell us how much Carmella's trash, let us have it. Well, that will be edited out of the show. I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> uh, we, we'll get into we'll get into Rusev in a couple of weeks' time when I pick him for the Money in the Bank match. I forgot Rusev's in the match. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Well. Okay. So let's get let's get down to it. Uh, normally, I theme the shows. Um. And uh, I call this show the Takeover Show because y'all are taking over. But what we have to talk about doesn't really have much to do about that. But I do have a Takeover themed quiz. For you gentlemen, at the end of the show, which I'm ready to do now, but we have to kind of do the right thing. Um, Before we got on, we were kind of just talking about, like, some of the uh, 
some of the stuff that's going on in wrestling right now. That's we're going to talk about on the on the uh, actual show. But I didn't know if you wanted you guys wanted to kind of touch on it a bit. But we were talking about um, the new rapper, aka Real One, formerly known as Enzo Amore, and whatever that was, he calls a, a rap song dissing everybody. We were talking about the CM Punk, Cole Cabana, Dr. Amon trial. Uh, there's a lot going on in wrestling right now. So did you guys want to touch on that or you want to just go ahead and get to the getting on? I've got one thing. I don't want to give Enzo much room for publicity, right? But see this YouTube video. Does it, is it official? The one that it has Enzo Amore in parenthesis, is that official? Because does that name not belong to WWE? Well, his rapper name is Real One. Mm-hmm. And he's they only put Enzo Amore so you can know who he is. So like when for example Emma, when she wrestles on the Indies, she's she's promoted as to to Neil Dashwood, FKA or AKA Emma. So it's fair game then. Yeah, as long as as long as he's not that's not his DBA. As long as he's not using the Enzo Amore name to make money, he can call himself whatever he wants. But but if you look at it, the actual rapper name is real one. So he's kind of getting away with it. Okay. Yeah. That was all. That's really all I wanted to talk about. That real, real one man. <laughs> um, did you guys want to talk about the punk thing, or you want to say that for another day? Because it's day three of the trial. Clive. Um. It's interesting what's happened in the last few day or so where it would appear that CM Punk went out in the Royal Rumble and ended up receiving a concussion and decided to continue to wrestle in the match and Michael Hayes wanted to put a stop to it by bringing out the big red mare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's still early on in the trial. I think it's it's a swerve, so to speak, that it seems like CM Punk wasn't as reciprocal when it comes to doctor's advice, even though he claims that doctors were ignoring his pleas or advice. So, as you say, it's only three, day three, and you were saying off air that this trial could go on for any amount of time. So maybe once we've had a bit more time to soak in new information as it comes in, we can form a more informed opinion of it all. For, for me, so, like I said, it comes out that he did suffer a concussion, goes back into the Royal Rumble, gets eliminated by the mayor, and then gets put through a table. So like you say, he went against doctor's orders to go back into the Royal Rumble. So at what point does he himself get held liable for, I wouldn't say the injuries, but certainly the decisions he's made, because you can't have it both ways. You can't turn around and go against the doctor's advice and then later on potentially sue the doctor for not listening to you. Yeah. You, you, you like that's quite that's quite it's not quite as it's been very hypocritical hypocritical. So that's number one. But the second one is as uh, like and Clive will tell you I'm I'm a massive CM Punk fan. Um, I credit him for a lot of the things we see today. Um, so for me, I think no matter what happens in the trial. I think everyone can potentially kiss goodbye to ever seeing CM Punk back in the WWE. Certainly, 
in a wrestling capacity, 15, 20 years down the line, he may have been inducted into the Hall of Fame, but I think regardless of what the outcome is, I don't think the future um, of seeing CM Punk in the WWE as a wrestler, I think that's gone, that dream is gone. And obviously, it'll be interesting to see what may happen with Dr. Man as well, because we touched on things off-air, Rance, you were talking about prescriptions, yeah. which I'll, I'll let you explain in details, but if he's if he's handing out uh, medication without prescribing etc or logging it then from that from that's not going to look good i don't think uh, in wwe for in the wwe's eyes uh, as a company as a whole i don't think it's going to look very credible as well that they're allowing an employee just to go ahead and do things like this whether it's off his own back off his own back or people knows but i think one way or another it won't look good well, um, as far as him not coming back, I don't think this was this was the straw about the camel's back. Like he wasn't ever coming back before this. Oh, I think I'm, I'm, I probably agree. I think most of anyone harbored any kind of hope. I think this just yeah. completely destroys that hope. Absolutely. Um, but to touch on the prescription thing, and uh, the reason we brought up the prescription thing was because um, in to. Shout out to WrestleZone, by the way, because they are um, actually covering the trial, like an official in an official capacity, like acknowledged by the judge that they're covering the trial. Um, so they've been writing all the notes down for the past couple of days. But um, there, like, there were text messages um, that are that are, I guess, evidence between the doctor and Punk and a lot of other people, um, and it was acknowledged number one. That the doctor would give out Z packs to uh, some of the wrestlers and not write a prescription for it, just kind of give it to them in a manila envelope, like here you go, I know you need it. It's it's it is what it is. And um, I don't know how it is in other countries, but here doctors, like um, general doctors and primary care physicians, have what's what are called samples, which are um, pharmaceutical companies will come and like. You know how you have the sample Tylenol, like the two in a little packet that you rip open instead of having the whole bottle? Like they'll do that for like certain prescription stuff um, that they just kind of give out, that they'll give to uh, doctors to kind of promote their medicines or whatnot. That uh, is a smaller, quicker dose. Like, so I'm asthmatic, right? So if I knew that I couldn't afford the... uh, whatever the inhaler was or I needed it right then and there, he could just give me that sample and be like, are you good? And you don't have to write a prescription for that. So I don't know the jurisdiction because wrestling, WWE is essentially a traveling circus. They're on the road four or five days a week. So it's really kind of hard to, in a different city every, every night of that week, by the way, and it's really hard to pinpoint a pharmacy for someone to go pick up a prescription at which is why I don't know if the jurisdiction is different for them and like circuses and people who are on the road all the time than it is for like a a stationary company. I don't know how that works, but that could be very damning for the doctor and for the company. And the other important uh, news, in my opinion, was that there was a ton of... um, like Mark Eaton, the old timekeeper, got interviewed or got was uh on was t- took t- took the stand and on video and like Kane did and um 
uh, one of the sound guys and, a, and, and there's text messages, but, and then the athletic trainer, but of a bunch of, a handful of people, not one person has said that they saw, they noticed, or were told CM Punk had a fatty deposit or a lump on his back or his side, which was kind of the big thing he said, because that lump led to him having MRSA. And so if you didn't have it, and by the way, we all saw that video WWE put out years ago, which like zoomed in on his ass basically to show us that there was no, there was nothing there. So it, both guys don't look great right now um, because the doc has a lot of stuff that makes him look bad. The doc admitted that um, even though the fans were heckling him and messing with him, he never thought that his job was, was, you know, online, online, or he wasn't suing for emotional distress because he never went to a doctor for any of the stuff. He also would joke about the Z-Pack joke among his own friends. So, and other wrestlers. So, you know, both guys kind of look off and on, but I think Clive said it best. This is day three. This could be a week. It could be a month. It could be a day. We don't know how much longer it's going to be. So when Punk takes the stand, that I'm interested for that. I want to see that when he finally, because he's going to take the stand. Hate Bond 2.0. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have read all the, like all the notes, Dude is laughing in the courtroom, like when they when they showed the video of them, uh, you know, uh, interviewing Mark Eaton. Uh, the feed went out and he booed, and he had to apologize to the judge. Like he's really, he just really don't care. Well, I this I didn't read all of it, but one of the transcripts I did enjoy was when the lawyer was describing to the jury what a clothesline was. <laughs> <laughs> They've had to explain everything. They had to explain Gorilla. They had to explain, like, all of it's It's hilarious. They're basically, you know, it's explaining everything about wrestling. But uh, I'm sure as we know more, we'll talk about that more. But I do kind of want to get to the topics we had to talk about. So uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you guys about and get your opinion about is Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey. So... Um, I think there's a level of interest in these two wrestling based on what could they do? How would they do it? How would they build to it? But this past Monday, Naya, who is a huge advocate for anti-bullying and just went through a very high level anti-bullying storyline. Didn't she just uh, essentially turn heel and like bully like a rookie? just to get Ronda's attention? Mm. Like, so what are they doing? Well, Lance Storm asked that same question on Twitter. I think he said something along the lines of, when did, uh, is Nia Jax now a heel? And if so, when did that happen? Uh, It's quite a dry response. It's quite a dry tweet from him, but it hits a nail on the head, as you have just done there. Nia Jax, over the last couple of months, has had this ongoing story where she's overcome adversity in the form of bullying, like name-calling. And it appeared that when she beat Nia Jax and did the, the Be A Star corporate promo, which was cringeworthy, that she was going to be the poster girl for anti-bullying. But then she uses a ragdoll, she uses a jobber as a ragdoll to get across the point that she'll be able to escape the 
one of Ronda Rousey's armbars. But it comes to the point where she's ridiculing this jobber and embarrassing her. That's not the Nia Jax that I've been watching for the last few weeks. Where's this come from? A few months. They've just done a complete 180 on her narrative. Um, I don't get it. I don't see why they had to do it. Isn't it isn't it showcase enough when you've got two baby faces? One of them's a champion, one of them's Ronda Rousey. Is that not enough of a selling point? Can I can I jump in real quick? No, it's not. Oh. And the reason the reason I say it's not, if if I'm honest, is you again you have to know Ronda Rousey. It's very clear they're trying to give Ronda every opportunity to succeed and eliminate every possibility she could have to fail. So I'm not worried about the in-ring perspective because I'm sure they've been practicing that for forever, right? For weeks. I'm worried about that. The build was the one thing we'll be worried about because number one, Nia isn't the best talker in the world either. She's not a bad talker. She's just not Alexa. You know what I mean? Um, and we know Ronda's terrible. Like she has her moments, but she's terrible on the mic. She's uh-huh. terrible. Um, but Ronda has always worked better, whether it was in MMA or in wrestling, when she has a clear somebody on the other side of the spectrum. So, like, uh, I don't know if you guys are MMA fans, but when she re- when she was fighting, her biggest feud was against Misha Tate, right? And the whole thing about them was Ronda was out there uh, like a bulldog, mean and evil, and would just just hated her for everything. And Misha, the fans loved her. Because she was a lovable person. It worked because there was that dichotomy between the sides. Fast forward to when she comes to WWE, Stephanie is the most despicable person in the, in the roster. Ronda's loved. It worked. So I don't know if Ronda right now yet would work well on a I respect you storyline. I don't think that would work for her right now. She has to have a reason to get that mug on her face and get serious. You wouldn't have a reason to do that if you're Ronda, who hasn't been doing this long, if it's just a I respect you storyline. So I get Naya had to be the antagonist, and I get Naya is standing up for herself, right? And is trying to send a message. But she didn't have to bully the little girl. And I say little girl, she's probably as old as we are, but you know what I'm saying. I think um, it was similar to when she faced Holly Holm as well. Yeah. Um, especially in that face-off where she got really in, in Holly's face, which kind of seemed unnecessary and over the top, and Holly Holm was just sort of stood there and didn't really flinch. Um, I, 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 I can get on board with the Nia Jax heel turn, but like I say, you could do it in the sense that you're beating someone up, but your eyes are fixated on Ronda as if you're sending her a message. But like you said, the beating went a little too far. Yeah. Um, and she, didn't she either mouth off at someone as she was in the ring or out the ring as well? Well, after she, after she beat the jobber up, so she, so she, the jobber put her in the armbar to prove that the armbar wouldn't hurt her. She power bombed her, then she leg dropped her, then she hit her with the with the rolling senton, and then the ref tried to help her. She told the ref, "No, get away. Ronda got to come help her." Then as Ronda's coming down the ramp and coming up the steps, the, a, a, a fan said something to her and she told the fan to shut up. And then she laughed in Ronda's face and said, oh, that's the that's the face you make? That's cute. And she turned around, turned her back to her, laughing at her, and walked off. Like, that's great A-Hill work. And that's not like, what we expected. 
So she could have done those things to Ronda without going too far in terms of beating up the the quote unquote the job or the talent that she was facing. Um, so, but for me, it's like like Clive says for the last sort of three four months or whatever she's been. All of a sudden, she's now this heel who, let's be honest, seems to bully someone else because that's what it came across like. Because, like I said, the beating went too far. I mean, I as a theory that I thought about as it like after the match, after Raw, and I saw it on Twitter. Um, I don't know if you would agree that that you. I have a feeling that she might be starting to maybe align herself with Stephanie, so it could be along the lines that Stephanie's hired or Nia Jax or is colluding with Nia Jax to get to Ronda uh, and I would buy into that almost if Nia Jax is Stephanie's bodyguard in a sense um, and it's kind of making me think that Stephanie might get involved in the match at Money in the Bank leading to Ronda losing see I think it's and I, I'm, Clive I want you to jump in I think it's less of her aligning with Stephanie and more of Stephanie manipulating her because we know Naya is very susceptible to being manipulated because she was best friends with Alexa who was abusing her for the entire their entire friendship, right? So and 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 we know Naya has very I'm talking about the character, right? The character has very serious um, image issues in terms of wanting to be liked, wanting to 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 you know, be uh, respected and all this, that, and the other. And so I guess you could wrap your mind around the fact that, remember last week, uh, I think it was last week, when they had the promo where they were at the table and Steph mm-hmm. was cutting the promos for him? And Steph was like, and Naya, you're a great champion, but it took you way too long to realize Alex was was uh, attacking, was using you. And, you know, people have called you lazy, you know, you know, you could do things faster than you did, and you don't stand up for yourself like you should. And that's when she was like, I've had enough. Look, I'm standing up for myself. I'm tired of this nonsense. So I think she's being manipulated more than anything. Probably. Because I was thinking, although she did say those not kind words to Nia Jax, they, she did big them up equally when all was said and done. And Nia was probably... When she was told, time for you to stand up for yourself, she told herself, Naya told herself, is like, right, I'm going to stand up for myself and it's not going to, it doesn't matter who's in my way. So Ronda Rousey can hide behind the reputation that she's got. I'm not going to deal with it. Like, I'll, I'm sorry, I will deal with it and I'll deal with it my own way. So maybe she's just got a bee in her bonnet, so to speak, and she's just not going to take any shit anymore. I don't think Stephanie and I have aligned. I think we're gearing up for a very quick women's cash-in, and it might happen on the night. There's been a theory that Naya um, Natty will be the one to cash in, that win the money in the bank, and then she'll cash in on Ronda Rousey. I'm more in favour of that one happening. Maybe not in favour of, but I can see that one happening more. It has been foreshadowed. You remember when Natty won her... Fatal Four Way match. Uh, she she cut a promo afterwards, and they were, she was like, "Well, I'm gonna win the Money in the Bank ladder match, and you know why? Because I'm friends with Ronda Rousey. What does that have to do with anything? What they got to do with you winning the ladder match? But uh, <laughs> you know. And then this this Monday, 
you know who's uh who's wrestling? Naya versus Natty. So yeah, the foreshadowing is very heavy. Uh, um, so just a quick question. I don't. I'm not sure if this has ever been addressed. So if if, if a raw male or female in the match win the money in the bank, they can only cash in on the raw title. Is that correct? That's what yeah. it's been. Yes. Right. Okay. Michael Cole said that this week for for definite. Right. Yeah, I'm. I I have a feeling that this storyline, this feud, may not be done in two weeks' time. I think they could. I think they might go a wee bit longer with this. Um, I at first I thought maybe they would have her cash in, but I just have a sneaky feeling that somehow Stephanie's going to get involved in this match. Because Whether she was in the direct, directly or indirectly, I don't know if she's going to like if she's going to intentionally cost Ronda the match, or or maybe she's going to be sort of maybe take Ronda's eye off the ball. Um, I don't know. Um, and to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how I would feel about it if Ronda loses. I a few weeks ago, I felt it would be definitely not. I thought she would go unbeaten almost for, like, the full year up until next WrestleMania where I thought she would challenge her title, but I'm not I'm not too sure how how I'd feel about that. Um, but like I said, I have a feeling that this storyline might have just an, a little bit extra mileage left in it, depending, depending on how they go about booking it, I think, on at Money in the Bank. If Ronda wins convincingly, then I don't think it does. I think it's more so does, A, does Nia Jax win, and B, how does she win? So you're thinking they're going to get Ronda versus Stephanie at SummerSlam? It wouldn't surprise me if they did give us that a singles match at some point with them too. Can 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 or, I give or, you... or 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 you could potentially have like the Stone Cold Vince McMahon thing going on where you may never be in a direct feud, but you're caught when you cross paths. You are just trying to screw one and over, screw each other over, or get one over, so you could have that continuous storyline all the way through the year, etc. Can I give you a theory? Mhm. So, and this is a really deep theory, but it'll make sense. So, um, Stephanie is the what is it, the commissioner of Raw. So ultimately, everything that happens on Raw goes to Stephanie at some point, right? So what if Stephanie is the reason Natty came over and convinced Natty to uh, play up her friendship with Ronda to get over on Ronda? Then remember the match that Natty was put in to for the to get the uh, title to get into the Money in the Bank ladder match was against a bunch of rookies, right? It wasn't against somebody who would be considered a real threat to her. And what if you know Steph? in some way helps Natty, let's say Natty wins for whatever reason. What if the whole goal was Steph trying to work with Natty or you could even then say, you could even change it to say she bribes Natty to turn on Ronda and convinces Natty to cash in on Ronda after she beats Naya, which leads to Natty with with Stephanie McMahon versus Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. There is one small problem with that, and this is quite cynical of me. We are insinuating that a McMahon has a member of the Heart Dynasty in their back pocket. 
you got to remember that uh, Natty is her character is a bit maniacal in wanting to be the best. The best there is, best there was, best there ever will be, right? Uh huh. Well, if you sell her on becoming women, Raw Women's Champ and beating Ronda Rousey to become Raw Women's Champ, nobody can say you're not the best, right? Because she's the biggest and the baddest. But could you could you prolong that storyline between now and SummerSlam? Yeah, because because I'm what what what's the pay per view in between Money Extreme, in the Bank and SummerSlam? Extreme Rules. And what you could do is you could run Ronda versus Nia again as a number one contenders match. Right. Yeah. Because Nia's yeah, not I mean, involved, I, right? Yeah, I, I can I can get on board with that as well. I can I can get on board with that. So by by that theory, then, I would presume that that match probably closes the show. Or do you think it'll be the main, the male Money in the Bank that closes the show? It should, it's not going to be Jinder and Roman. We, we, I think we know that. Call me crazy, but, and Brian's, I know Brian's going to disagree with me. I think AJ Shinsuke closes the show. Hmm. I think it should because I, I I actually completely forgot about that match for a second there. And yeah, I do agree with you because money in the banks they are just, they are the main reason for the pay per view, but there's also the title matches and I just think it would be good to have a main event have that match on instead of because recently we've had matches in the main event that we'd rather not see in the main event WrestleMania and Backlash. And they're in Chicago. And they're in Chicago. Yes. And this this is the, for lack of a better term, the crescendo of the feud. Like we're, I think we're all pretty sure this is the, this is it. Like after this match, their their feud is done. So. It's been a good feud on TV, but just not on pay per view, in my opinion. <clears throat> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It has been a, it has been a. Feud of the Year contender. If you just watch the television shows, <laughs> I, no, I, I I think you can go one further and say it's definitely Feud of the Year, including pay per view. But you just sort of need to try and block out the final thirty to sixty seconds of each match. You know how hard that is to do, though. I know, I know, but that's what I was saying. Like the, the majority of the matches have all been really good, but we've just not enjoyed the final minute or so of the way they've booked it. But. Uh, yeah, I agree. Monday, uh, a week on Sunday, that will be the closure that we're all looking for. Um, and yeah, that probably will close the show. But it'll be interesting to see which direction they go in. Whether they crown Nakamura or they continue going with AJ. Well, this I can tell you this. And I'm kind of giving away uh, some of my um, predictions on the pay-per-view. But the pay-per-view ain't ending with the, with the positive note. It's not. So, whether if it's whether it's the Ronda Nia match, I feel Nat is gonna catch that Nat is gonna cash in. Nat is gonna win, I think. If it's the uh, WWE Championship match, I think Shinsuke is gonna win. If it's the Money in the Bank ladder match for the men, I think Miz is gonna win. So any of the matches that they could put on, and then Roman and Gender, they you know. You know how they're gonna treat them. So no matter what they do, the fans are gonna leave 
happy from a cheering perspective. I don't think so. At least let them be happy from a oh the match was good perspective. The majority of the main events in Money in the Bank over the last few years has seen a main event title change hands. I think so. Obviously, just going to fantasy book for a quick second and give away my pick. I think so. I'm thinking Nakamura wins. And I think a lot of people have got this idea, Miz wins money in the bank. At some point, I think maybe later on this year, we get Daniel Bryan and Nakamura. SummerSlam. Daniel Bryan. I, I I could say SummerSlam, but I think that I would like to see Nakamura have it longer than just a couple of months. So That's fair. Either, whether it's SummerSlam or whether it's one of the papers used between SummerSlam Survivor Series. So let's just say he has it for about four, five, six months. Daniel Bryan, Nakamura. Daniel Bryan wins. Mid-celebration, Miz come down, can cash his in on Daniel Bryan. You See, your point makes a lot more sense than my... I, I was saying SummerSlam because that's the biggest stage you could do it on. That's not mm-hmm. WrestleMania. But I think... And again, we're all fantasy booking here, right? I think if you're going to... And you know what? I'm glad you brought Daniel Bryan because that's actually our next topic is the Daniel Bryan push to make fans happy which if that's the goal or if it's not whatever that's a, that's a conversation for another day but I feel like if you're going to fantasy book the perfect Daniel Bryan run Bryan got to win the title and lose to Miz immediately Miz got to got to kind of run with the title for a minute Bryan got to win the rumble to right that wrong and then you could have them run it back at WrestleMania. Brian beats Miz. He vanquishes the demon, and fans can leave it alone for they could get they, the fast five years can go away because you finally got it. Or or Daniel Bryan wins the Royal Rumble. Daniel Bryan versus the Miz main events WrestleMania, and the Miz goes over again. <laughs> now see that I would love that. I would love that, but with the help of the Rock. With the help of the Rock. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so it's 27 again? <laughs> no, no, no. With the help of Roman Reigns. Oh, God. <laughs> for the record, for the record, when they finally do decide to run it back, right? God willing that that Brian stays healthy. If they do decide to run Brian and, and Reigns again, I don't think the internet can handle it. No. Like, I, I feel like Twitter is going to literally explode. Oh, it will explode if Roman goes over. It, just the match in general, dog. Roman ain't got to go over. Just the fact that they're wrestling again. Um, but yes. So the actual point of the topic was simply this. Meltzer has gone on about it over and over again. It's kind of a topic on line right now. Um, is Daniel Bryan his comeback? I, in fact, there was a Bleach Report article on it not too long ago. Is Daniel Bryan's comeback? What does it mean? Is he is he coming back to be just a utility player? Are they ever going to push him back to the level of prominence he wants? Was that? Um, if you think about it, um, he's been in a few big casts for the past month and a half, which a lot of diehard fans are not happy about. Um, so, like, the question really does you really have to ask it. Like, what is the point? Like, what is he What is he there to do? Like, what is his ceiling? Is he considered, even though after all these years and all the changes in the company and all the injuries, do they look at him as they once did as 
one of their top guys, or they look at him as a utility hand who just gets great crowd reaction. Like, what do y'all think? So, you to take this one? Yeah, I'll start off, uh, say, three points. I think in defense of Vince McMahon and WWE, you can't help but have reservations about pushing him into potentially the number one spot on that brand or on the company, knowing his, uh, his past um, uh, injuries. So there's, there's a reason why they may be hesitant. Point number two is I don't understand the the clamour to to quote unquote coronate him so quickly. Why can't we just in, like for me the Daniel Bryan uh, cast storyline kind of made sense. Not so much made sense, but I didn't want them to give us Daniel Bryan Miz straight out the gate, hoping and which looks like they are they were going to pulled off on that. So why 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 do we want? the title on him so soon, why can't you enjoy him potentially starting from the bottom and working his way up where you could see him in feuds with uh, potentially like said cast out of the way, you could then go into a feud with someone like Samoa Joe, potentially Nakamura and then moving on to Daniel Bryan and at some point you might get a feud with AJ Styles, so rushing him back, no sorry, not rushing and putting quickly putting him title on him makes no sense to me because you don't get to enjoy the journey to the title, which can last six, seven, eight months, that entire journey, and then when you finally get to that moment where he gets the title, it is reminiscent of when you win it at WrestleMania. Just elation. And the third point would be because contract round runs out, what, sort of was it mid-September this year? So four four months or so? He's most definitely going to resign. If he doesn't right. resign that contract, then, and I'm not going to call him an idiot. I'm not. Because it's very clear, this man doesn't care about money. He doesn't care about accolades. He doesn't care about fame. He's care about wrestling. But the best way for you and, to do that is if you resign. And I feel like he's gonna resign. And and that's it. Like people are saying, well, he's not. I've saw things on Twitter and people saying he's not resigning because they don't trust him and they don't have faith in him. They're not doing anything right by him. That's well, Meltzer, by look the way. At, yep. So look at it in this sense, right? If you let's just say you walk into... So let's look at a business point of view. If you walk into your place of work tomorrow and your boss is knowing that you could potentially leave the company within three or four months' time, what what incentive is there for your boss to elevate your role in the company? I understand that people say, well, if you elevate him on the card, he might then in turn sign a contract. But he may not. So their thinking could be that if we can't tie him down, then why would we elevate his star power even more if that's possible in this in this scenario? I agree. I think he will resign, and I think, like you said, money has got nothing to do with it. And I think also in the back of his mind, I think he truly appreciates how they treated him when when he was first diagnosed with the the, uh, the brain issue. And I understand he was desperate to get back, but I think deep down he he truly appreciates that they didn't want to bring him back because they were genuinely worried that he could die in the middle of the ring. And they offered him a million dollar downside just to be mm-hmm. a general manager. My God. <laughs> so, bottom line, I would be very surprised that he doesn't resign, and I'm not I'm not in a rush to see him hold the title just yet because. I think before we get there, there's so many different stories we can tell and we can enjoy so many different feuds because I don't... Because, like I said, I think the moment he wins it, there's a 
very good chance and a lot of potential that Miz cashes in almost immediately after that. So you could get some dream, quote-unquote, dream matches and dream feuds up until that point, and then you can get the Miz-Daniel Bryan closure at WrestleMania next year. Go ahead, Clive. It's been two months since his return. I think SmackDown Creative, I know on the surface it might not seem to be the case, but the creative team for SmackDown, they might have already had long-term booking, the likes of AJ Nakamura, for example, mm-hmm. post-WrestleMania, that they didn't want to rock the boat on just because Daniel Bryan is back. So there's that that you need to take into account. You can't just scrub, like wipe the whiteboard clean just because Daniel Bryan's back. Also, SmackDown had a tough, tough year last year from the last Superstar shakeup, where I mean their main event was screwed because of gender in the first place. But <laughs> the mid card scene and the upper mid card scene, it was all just it was there were fundamental issues there, and I think they need to shore up the mid card with like some decent stories and decent wrestlers, and you've got that with Daniel Bryan. I mean, apart from that, it's not really something I've given a lot of thought to because it's not something I'm worried about. I mean, what would you rather see? Right, like, Rance, right off the top of your head, what would you rather see right now? Daniel Bryan win the title or be involved in the world title scene or have a mid-card angle with Miz, whether it's for a title or not? Mid-card angle with Miz, very, 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 very easy. That's like, that's the easy answer for me to answer there um, you go. And so, Ricky said something that really caught my eye, and it's the whole thing of, well, they don't know if he's gonna, re- they don't know what he's, what he's gonna do or he's gonna resign or not, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's may, may be an error of that, but but let's let's think about it, and we're only gonna talk about it from a SmackDown perspective, right? You can't count Rob because for the to give WWE credit for something, which I do on the show a lot. They, for the most part, keep the brand split since they brought it back. With the exception of a couple of shows, right? They've kept it pretty consistent. Um, so let's think, let's think about it like this. Even if he does resign, you have a guy who's in such a unique situation in that he is the most over guy in your company from a crowd participation perspective. But he has this tremendously strong history of serious injuries not like you know a broken hand and then like i broke my leg and then i no, like serious life-threatening injuries right um who also was gone for two three years and the company had to move on without him right so why not use him to help other people move up because if you were to, as you both said, just push him into that title picture, so you got so you're putting him over AJ Styles, who's basically held the brand together for the past year. You're pushing over Shinsuke Nakamura, who worked hard to get to the spot he is now. You're pushing him over Samoa Joe, who is probably, if you want to be literal, the most underutilized wrestler on the on the main roster. You want to push him over Miz, who had the best year maybe of every rest, any wrestler last year in general. You pushing you want to push him over all these guys. Just because he's Daniel Bryan, I don't think that's fair, right? So uh-huh. I think it makes perfect sense to, and I mean, 
anything anything Daniel Bryan is in is not is not the mid card. I get that on the card, it's mid card, but Daniel Bryan is a main eventer, and anything he does brings main event eyes to it. But putting him in feuds with guys like Cass, and then maybe a next feud could be with a guy like Andrade Cien Almas, or putting him in a feud with some of these guys who could use the jump and can be elevated just by proximity or association with him is your best course because you know you know you have two things that are in your back pocket you know you have a you you know you have a not only a career defining but a legacy defining feud with him and Miz ready to go whenever you're ready for it and you know the second you decide to put the title on him the crowd's gonna lose their mind these Mm -hmm. are guarantees why rush to it why rush to it exactly yeah and 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 one more thing real quick i understand the notion of diehard fans and the the perception of big cast i get that but let me ask you guys this and honestly be completely honest with me what does it hurt to have another viable big man what who does it hurt I all right. I don't hate him per se. I just I don't care if I see him or not. But I I wouldn't like I say I I don't hate him. If he comes on the TV, I don't get the feeling. I don't I don't feel the need to change the channel. Um. Is he is he great in the ring? No, but is is certainly if you if you look at him before the injury where he is now, I think he was showing signs of improvement sure. on the mic. I think he's he's shown signs of improvement. So I don't like I says I don't ha- harbor any real ill feeling towards him. Um, I'm just not. I like I says I don't feel the need to see him, but I, I'm not. I don't mean that in like it sounds negative, but. It doesn't bother me one way or another whether I see him or not. And like I said, I think you, you, you'd, it's if you look at throughout the history of the wrestling, no matter what, you always have one sort of. There's always one get a big, big guy who sort of stands out mm-hmm. in terms of whether it's like physical stature, etc. And he's one of them. Like it makes sense. And yeah, like I says, I'm. I don't. Like I says I don't hate him. I'm just not a, a, a massive fan. But I will acknowledge that he has. He has gotten better. There are things where, when I see something, when I notice something, especially a negative thing, I can't unsee it. And yes, Cass does have a presence. He's articulate on the mic. He's got a pretty good finisher with the big boot. But see if he mocks someone for their size one more time, or if he points to the sky one more time, I'm going to go fucking mental because these silly tropes these silly character traits that seem to be drilled into people, probably by Vince, Ronda Rousey pointing at the signs, Cass pointing at the sky, they get hammed up and they get overused and I can't unsee them and it just takes me away from what they're trying to do. I know that's probably petty of me, but it's it's too often. So with the big Cass thing and pointing to the sky and walking to the ring with his fist in the air and stuff like that, does that does it take you out of the product or just make you dislike the guy more? It it, it makes me dislike the product, not okay. Cass. Okay. 
because the goal of that, of course, so a lot of the times we don't realize we're being worked, right? So huh. there's a good amount of the time that we really don't realize we're being worked because number one, okay, let me, let me flip it for you. For example, um, uh, have you guys ever been to a magic show or watched magic? And if this is, and if this is against anything with you, Ricky, I apologize. But have you guys ever? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, no. I want to be respectful to people. No, I know. You no, know? no, I've, I've, I've never been to a show, but I've had like a magician come up and do tricks in front of us. So what? What a magician would? <laughs> what a magician would tell you is, the closer you look, the more you're gonna miss stuff. Right, and it's the same premise in wrestling because a lot of the times, us being diehard fans. Uh, we look so hard and try to notice so many things that we don't realize a lot of times that they're doing things to particularly manipulate us, right? So in the big cast situation, a lot of the stuff he's doing, and you describe perfectly, it drives you crazy. But I think there is there is a genuine disconnect between the heat going on the performer and the heat going on the product. Because the heat should be going on the performer, and in your case, it's not. And that's counterintuitive, because then now you have a guy who, by all by all stretch of the imagination, has a deserving spot on the card, and could be a contributor. I'm not saying he's a world champion, but he could definitely be a contributor on television, and instead of him doing the things he's doing, instead of that giving him more heat to a fan like you, Clive, it's not giving him heat. It's just turning you off on the product. So mm-hmm. there needs to be a better... And and I would argue part of that is on the fan, too. But there needs to be a some a, something better to kind of put the two together. Because we can be just as cynical. You just said yourself that it might be part of cynical on your, on your part. But... It also the onus is on the company to make you feel a certain way, but I like I think Big Cat, and, and forget he could be forget the fact he's seven feet tall. He could be six foot one. There it, nothing can hurt credible wrestlers who get reactions. There's nothing nothing that nothing negative can come from that. I mean, am I wrong in thinking that? No. So if you put a guy with Brian who was getting a decent reaction before, and you can give him some, some, some legitimacy to say, well, he stood toe-to-toe with arguably the best guy we have, and he got some heat on the guy. That dude is made. What's the worst? In, what, like, what's the negative about that? And it doesn't even take away big cast. Throw in um, Ty Dillinger, right? Or throw in Jeff Hardy or anybody, you know, just any other person who wasn't at a level that they would be before as they would be afterwards. It can't hurt working with Brian to get elevated. I don't think. I think he's still not... See if he moves on from Brian and he hasn't learned and grown as a performer, then it's all been for nothing. I noticed in the... Well, the triple threat match last night Again, Daniel Bryan had to grab Cass's hand to make it look as if Cass was stopping the yes lock from being locked in. He got picked up on that last time. Why is he not learning from his mistakes? 
a simple one like that. Well, then you also have to acknowledge that he hasn't wrestled in very much in the past few weeks because he was hurt. So you can't learn if you don't keep doing it, right? I and you're not, you're, you're not wrong, but ask yourself this. Honestly, ask yourself this. Is the regular everyday fan noticing that? No. The fans on Fox TV won't notice it either. You see what I'm saying? So, and, and I'm not your your point is not wrong or invalid. It's very valid, very correct, but it's also something that only us diehards would notice. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, this, a point does come to when is he gonna learn from his mistakes? But I also don't think that you can. This isn't a standardized test where if he fails this test, he's going to get fired or won't go to the next grade. Like, you know, he's in it for the long haul. So Brian can help him as much as he wants, but that's not the last. He's going to continue learning learning after Brian. You know what I mean? I don't think the Brian thing was strictly to help him from an in-ring perspective. I think the Brian thing was to elevate him in the status of the eyes of the fans. You know what I mean? I think that and also to to continue to hold off doing Daniel Bryan and the Miz as well. Because yeah, we were, some, were somewhat teased a little, was it the first night or second night? And then Cass comes down and says, no, I also have an issue sort of thing with Daniel Bryan and gave a little promo as to why. Oh. So I think just going back, just to quickly finish up on Cass, like... Like you say, he's not been wrestling that long. Um, as a big guy, your array of moves don't exactly need to be very diverse. So I think if we just give him some time, but I think you would like to see some gradual improvement over the next few months as well, both on the mic and in the ring. I just don't know where he, where he will fit in in the next sort of six to nine months or so. That's a fair question. But I don't know what he will now do after Daniel Bryan, because you would imagine this feud will probably conclude at Money in the Bank, unless they run it out to Extreme Rules. Well, Cass wins, then yeah, they'll probably finish it at Extreme mm-hmm. Rules. I don't know, but that's a good. I don't know what you do with Cass after this, but that's part of the interest, right? Because I guarantee, yeah. I guarantee you, there's not a human being alive who, when Daniel Bryan came back. And had his big WrestleMania moment and all that stuff. I, there's not a human being alive who was predicting. Well, I bet you Daniel Bryan's first feud is gonna be against Big Cass. Ain't nobody <laughs> thought that. Nobody. So, um, I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I don't. This whole Daniel Bryan thing, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want the company to hold. I don't want the fans to hold the company hostage over Daniel Bryan because we've made so many strides in the past three mm-hmm. years. Personally, it's a non-issue. I don't see... Was it I Meltzer agree. that said this? The winner? Was it Meltzer that said this? Meltzer was the, the guy who started the, the noise, yes. Meltzer basically said in one, in one of the uh, Observer Radio podcasts or shows, whatever, and it alluded to it in a tweet that he thinks Bryan should leave when his contract is up, because he'll never be treated like a top guy again. And and to sort of piggyback piggyback off what Carl said about that a couple of weeks ago, 
Of course, Melsa's going to say that because then he'll get to go see him if he goes to Ring of Honor in New Japan, etc. <laughs> so, for me, if like Daniel Bryan can go on a Kurt Hawkins type losing streak, right, and he'll probably still be the most popular wrestler in the world. Like, I don't think there's anything you can do that could damage his popularity and just how much people actually love him. I don't buy into the notion that he needs to leave. I think it would be it would be worse for his career. I think if he left, um, I don't see like I said, I don't under, like there's so many quote unquote dream matches, dream foods that you can have in the WWE as well, uh, and you know they're going to take care of him as well. That's I think That's the the big like not not from financial from a health aspect yeah. that they will take care of him um, and. And when you go back and look at some of these matches, you obviously know his the style isn't what it once was, and for obvious reasons. And and that's them just trying to look out for him. Um, so let's say, like I say, I agree with Clive. It is a complete non-issue. It has never ever entered my mind from the moment he returned to um, at WrestleMania or when he was, sorry, was declared fit to wrestle. To now, like I've never ever, it's never come into my mind that he won't renew or re-sign a new contract. Um, a genuine is a non-issue for me. Do you? So I guess we, I'll ask you straight up, Clive. Do you think Brian leaves in September? In September? Well, do you think he le- Do you think he is going to leave? And do you think he should? No, and no. Straight up, okay. Well, let me change the question for both of you then. If he had the opportunity to possibly wrestle at all in, do you think he should leave? Because he won't, based on the, the timing. But let's say the timing was different. Do you think then he should leave and go because of the allure of all in and a possible wrestle, spot on Wrestle Kingdom? Wrestle who? Who you want? Okada? Kenny Omega? Anybody. They're all going to be there. Pentagon? I mean, if, if so, if I'm Daniel Bryan, do I either get to go all in and wrestle potentially, say potentially wrestle Okada, and then potentially in January at Wrestle Kingdom wrestle Kenny Omega? I have the That's best wrestler, and yep, but but I am on the same brand as the best pure wrestler in the world. In my That's mind. Fair. That's fair. And. And that right there is money. So you've got AJ Styles, you've got Samoa Joe, you Mr. have Nakamura. Nakamura, you have The Miz, you have I'm a guy in, in Almas that I, after TakeOver, I, and I say it on the podcast and I say it off air with Clive, that I don't very often put people in the same sentence as AJ Styles, but I put Almas in the same sentence as AJ Styles. And for me, that's the absolute highest praise I can give someone. Hold on. A wrestler? Hold on. Say that again. Like a little louder. People need to hear that. Please. <sighs> that dude is that good. There is a case to be made. Andrade Siam Almas is the best wrestler in the WWE. Ooh. I'm not saying I'm not saying he is, but Ooh. if someone wants to present present that argument to me, I would I would I would retort and say no, I would say AJ Styles for this, and I believe if I was to have that kind of debate, I would. I think I could. I believe that I would make that person say, "No, well, AJ Styles, but Almas is on that tier right below, at Ooh. the very top of it." I think he 
He's so, so special. Two back-to-back five-star matches. I know the Alistair Black one wasn't, but in my mind, it was. It was five-star matches, yeah. Um, man, is, he he truly... And, and when you mentioned uh, Daniel Bryan and Almas next, I, I shook my head, and you paused for a second. Give me that in about a year's time for the title, because I think this time next year, Almas... Okay. Is... It could well be the face of that brand. I I truly believe that he's so he's very very special. So there's five or six people we've named right there. Potentially, when when we move over to Fox in October nineteen. So you would imagine in a, when the superstar shakeup happens again, they may put over the likes of I don't know. Let's just say Seth Rollins. Oh, so oh. now you potentially have Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins. So Daniel Bryan could, Rollins, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman. Finn Balor, oh my God! Like, like I, for me, <laughs> my for me, it was, right now. And and <laughs> so, sorry, and I can, I can and, and people can retort that by saying, but you've got Okada, Naito, um, Omega, Cody, etc., etc. And I understand, but then there's a lot. There's also a hell of a lot special wrestlers in the WWE. So for me, you would wait up and say, yeah, I can have great matches here, but I can also have great matches in the WWE. But I know these guys in the WWE genuinely care and are worried about my health and they took care of me when I was on the sidelines so for me I I, I, I don't I don't envision any kind of scenario where he leaves and and, and uh, uh, last word is going to be to you Clyde but to add to that if you <laughs> were to do it New Japan of course you got the big four right um, Tanahashi Okada Naito and, and Omega right sure but the best matches they'll have would possibly be in the junior division. And if they put Daniel Bryan in the junior division, people lose their mind. But the best matches he could have is against Kushida and uh, Will Ospreay and Marty Skrull and um, um, what's my boy name? Uh, Hiromu. And, you know, all these, like, that's the better matches he'd have, right? Um, but but anyway, and yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, he could have matches with guys like Goto and uh, Ishii. And all these in Suzuki, but do you and Saber? But do you want him to have these matches with his head? We just saw what mm. happened to Shibata. Do you want that? I do like Saber. But just just imagine, <laughs> I imagine I know a thirty-minute match with Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. Do you think Brian will walk after that match? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. No. Do you think he'll be alive after that match? You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it. But, and again, it's very alluring, and it'd be great for a wrestling fan, but what's but that, best that's for the thing. him? I, I understand what you're saying. It would be great for a wrestling fan to see those, but it also would be great for a wrestling fan to see the feuds that we've not had a chance to see with well, guys the point. in the yeah. WWE as well. So, like, yeah. I think, as a wrestling fan, if you just want to watch a great match, if you want to try and somehow put your feelings towards Daniel Bryan, the person you don't want to see him hurt. If you're able, to, if you somehow put that aside and just say, I just want to watch Daniel Bryan, the wrestler, and just see these wrestling matches, you, ultimately you won't really care in a sense. Does he go to Ring of Honor, New Japan, the Indies, or does he stay in WWE? Because you are going to be, you're going, to, you're going to witness some great, great matches against other great wrestlers. But for me, it's just that whole human side where. I don't see why you would want to leave a company that's taking care of you so much and you have so many quote-unquote dream matches that you can have in that company as well. To quote a former, to quote a very old saying and a Kanye West quote, 
in a song. All that glitters is not gold. Clive, floor is yours, and then we'll move on. Ricky mentioned the next year or so of programs that Daniel Bryan could have. All of them were very mouthwatering. What about in two years' time, three years' time? The potential, I don't know how it would work with this man specifically, but can you imagine if Pete Dunne took off? Oh my God, I forgot about NXT. Jesus Christ. Please. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Oh, Alistair Black. Oh, oh my God. From a good versus evil, Adam Cole. Oh, God. Keep going. Velveteen Dream. Oh. And I know who's next. I know who's next. Give it to uh, me. Oh, uh, the one and only Otis Dozovich. <laughs> <laughs> Dozy. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the, the like the chain wrestling between him and Ricochet? Just the chain wrestling. Oh. Forget the, the rest of the match. Just the chain wrestling. The chain, re- I mean, oh, Ricky said Saber. Chain wrestling between Saber and Brian would be excellent, but that would be we had, we talked last night just in text messages about Velveteen Dream and how special he is, and we can talk about that another time. But the path, the characters that Velveteen Dream, Velveteen Dream is honing and perfecting right now, if he becomes a main roster superstar and he goes faces off with Daniel Bryan. Oh, man. Jesus, that is hot. White, white hot. Take my money. Like, did, I'll, did, I'll did pay my money now King? for that later. Did, you, that? Mention, did you mention Ricochet? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he, that was the joke. He, he was saying Otis, but yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask, ask you guys this. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then WrestleMania 40 for the Unified Universal WWE title, Daniel Bryan versus Kona Reeves. Oh, God. The final. And I think I think that match. That might happen at WrestleMania 35, Brian. That might be WrestleMania or, 35. <laughs> how about Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns goes over? Clean. I'm, you, you really want, like, <laughs> the world to explode. Just so, trying to antagonize some people. Let me ask you this. I, I know it's late down there. You guys got one more subject in you, or you want to get to the quiz? Oh, no, I, that, I think no. I want to talk about this next one. Okay. So the last thing we want to talk about is kind of a very important topic right now. Um, so every so often, WWE has like a off-again, on-again relationship with tag teams. You'll have a, a year or two where they're like super important, and 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 giving them like main event level angles and stuff, and then you have a year or so where you have to struggle to remember five on the damn brand. So right now is one of those moments where like you we have good tag teams, but they're not really being pushed right now. Um, so first, then there's two things I want to speak of in general, but I want to know your thought on the tag on the state of tag teams first before we get to the specific things. So what do y'all like? What do y'all think? where they're kind of going with tag teams right now. You think it's okay? Do you think they have enough? Do you think that they need to do better? Like, what are your thoughts on the entire state? And not NXT. That's, we know that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's some some positive things, but like you see, it, it just seems like they are now just putting it to the 
they're, they're just pushing it off to the side slightly. I think in terms of trying to stay positive, I I I, mean, I I'm really 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 enjoying Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. I I laid out a, I laid out a plan off air that I think that what they're doing with Chad Gable, they they might have Jason Jordan return to reunite American Alpha. But I'm only on board with that if they ultimately have Jordan turn heel on Gable when we get to see Gable versus Jason Jordan. Be, I'm not entirely... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's got like five stars written all over it, the match itself. The build yeah. might not be great, but the match itself, you know, I don't think you can fault... You wouldn't be able to fault it. Um, I'm not entirely sure what they're doing with the revival. I've been, I've been confused for a while about that. Moving over to SmackDown, give me the bar versus a new day as many times as you wish. I'm not entirely sure where the Usos have gone. They're, well, they're beefing with Rusev Day right now, so they're doing something uh, of consequence. I don't. So the Bludgeon Brothers have obviously cut a few promos. I don't know if that's a case of where they're waiting on Sanity to to answer it. No, they're they're they already have a match schedule with the Good Brothers with. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I says I don't really pay too much attention to, and it's bad because I, I do like the Good Brothers. I don't, I don't see them as a threat. No, they got to be built back up. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think Sanity is waiting on the New Day personally because that's tell me that's mm-hmm. not like a, a well, bit of a dream. Well, I, yeah, but I have, and I'm sure we're going to touch on the New Day in a bit. Um, but I have a little theory or something I would like to happen with a new day but I can wait until you guys have said what you need to say about this um, about the tag teams so like I say it, it, there's a couple of there's a couple of good things and a couple of intriguing things but for for, for the majority of it, it does feel like they aren't really concerning themselves with it at the moment which is really unfortunate because for the last maybe maybe 12 12 to sort of 14 16 months this, the tag title scene was the one thing everyone would unanimously agree that this is a real one great thing about the WWE? Well, and that went from the bar having great matches and the Usos doing what they were doing on SmackDown. And me personally, the two matches I was really looking forward to at Survivor Series were the two tag team matches. Well, that's, and, that's, the, that's the thing. If I could play devil's advocate real quick, was it the mm-hmm. tag division or was it just that it was four great tag teams and two feuds killing it? Because can you tell me any other tag team feud last year on SmackDown that wasn't Usos New Day? And can you tell me one tag team feud on Raw last year that wasn't The Bar versus some mix of, of Seth Rollins, Jason Jordan, and Dean Ambrose? Because I, it wasn't I the did. divisions. It was just those four teams. Mm-hmm. But I did like um, the Usos versus the new American Alpha as well. I did enjoy that little feud as well that they had Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable. Oh yeah, they did have a little mini feud, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I did enjoy that. Um, moving over to the other side. Um, yeah, I mean we got to we witnessed the Bar versus the Revival. That was just on Raw, but I, I always felt that that you could have done so much more with that. I thought maybe that's just a little a little preview of what we might see but we never saw it again but I, I, I take what you're saying on board but I think what what was great about it is because the spotlight was really on those teams as well and yeah. by those by those teams having so such great matches they elevated the entire division um, 
So yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of upsetting in a sense to see what they're doing or what they're not doing at the moment. But let's say there's there's a just there's just enough uh, positives there just to sort of keep you clinging to it because like I said, I think if you can give me New Day versus the Bar, I will be here all day to watch that every day. Go ahead, man. There are the the wrestling is the only positive the. New Day versus the Baron Miz from last night, Tuesday night was really good. Again, Xavier Woods, really good performer. I love everything he does in the ring. Not utilised enough in that respect. So, but I want to focus more on Raw. I don't think there are enough positives for me at the moment. I'm going to name these names and tell me if you spot a theme as I go along from Raw. I already know the theme, but go ahead. Hardy and Wyatt. Right, Titus Worldwide, Rizango, Ascension, Slater and Rhino, the B team, and now to a certain extent Revival. That's seven teams I've named there, mm-hmm. and they're all maybe not the Revival. Maybe I'm just being a bit harsh, but the rest of them. Do you remember in SmackDown? in the mid to late 2000s where they had, excuse my lack of diverse term here, a special needs division? Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yes, I do. It was like the freak show, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. The scales are tipped far too heavily towards the side of comedy acts on Raw right now. Um, it is, it's like that freaks division. No, I know it's not a nice term. We're in a diverse world these days, but that's far too much for me. And SmackDown, okay, the Bad and the New Day are having really good matches, but they're fighting over some fucking pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me you didn't enjoy the segment with the Miz in the bar when they were throwing pancakes at the Miz and he was like karate chopping them out of the way? No, I enjoy the segments where they're hot tagging each other in and narrowly escaping two and two and nine tenth counts from the ref. See, what the New Day are at their best when they've got their their serious faces on. Yeah. I know their merch sales are well. And they're bringing out cereal and ice cream and now fucking pancake batter. By the way, WWE, nice advert for healthy eating from the New Day. <laughs> hey, good point. <laughs> hey, by the way, y'all, y'all saw the segment when he fought Miz two weeks ago and they stopped the match and put him in his corner and fed some mad syrup. <laughs> <laughs> you know how a boxer washes his mouth out with water? He washed oh. his mouth out <laughs> with the syrup. <laughs> yes, but I, yes, you you have a very valid point. Is it even the Bludgeon Brothers? They've got a bit of uh, I've said before that they are a love child of Kane and Freddy Krueger, but which is effectively Bray Wyatt, right? That's uh, there's a certain seriousness to them, but with same with the Wyatt and Hardy, they're they're waiting for challenges at the moment. There's not actually any proper stories going on for the tag team champions of both divisions. 
Harding, see, and even the Harding Wyatt versus Ascension from this week was not too shabby. See if they just let, let these wrestle. Look at what was the majority, the shining light for the majority of 2017, especially the latter half of 2017. It was the wrestling that was going on. And when they knew they were, they were serious and they weren't running about with pancakes and penny farthings and fucking stuff. Um, give us the wrestling again. Look at what sets um, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre apart is they've got serious stuff going on and they're not exactly a tag team. They're, they're separate from the tag team. They're separate from the barbecue shit that's going on. Although I did laugh when Heath Slater was just sitting eating sandwiches. Uh, Rhino, sorry. Yeah. But Drew McIntyre, I'm sorry, I'm going on a wee tangent at the moment. Go ahead, please. He's one of the few, very few wrestlers to come up from NXT with a purpose with an angle in mind. So because of that, he's had an immediate impact. It might not be a massive impact. It might not be to everyone's tastes, but he has come up with a story in mind. And the fact that they're, like he and Ziggler are in serious angle sets them apart from the rest of the division and they're having singles matches, it makes me think that they are priming McIntyre for a singles run in the future. I mean, look at him. So we're, got, we're obviously... But I, uh, Clive there sounded a little biased and I'm going to sound just as biased as well because Drew McIntyre grew up just slightly down the road from us and he's, a, he's the same age as us. The man is a bona fide superstar in the making, I believe. Um, so yeah, I agree, I agree. I think they are going to prime him for a singles run. Whether it's going to be straight into the universal title picture, I don't think so. But there was a reason why he was anointed the chosen one. Like all those years ago, so yeah, I agree with that about Drew McIntyre definitely. The best, um, the best thing I can say about Drew McIntyre is that, and this is high praise, is that if he won the Universal Title tomorrow, I wouldn't be shocked. And that is as high I think the praise as I could give him right now. That's how well he's been booked. That's how great he's looked. Mm-hmm. But um, to kind of touch on the division real quick before we get into the specifics of what we're going to talk about, um, I think for to have a, a to have a competitive division, you just need four legitimate teams. You want more, but that's the bare minimum, right? Mm-hmm. And on both brands, we have more than four. Definitely on SmackDown, more than four. But let's we we know we know what we're dealing with on SmackDown, right? We get it. They got the Usos, they got Rusev Day, they got Sanity, well, Sanity's coming, but they got the New Day, they got the Bludgeon Brothers, they got um, the Bar, and then they got Good Brothers. That's not six real legit teams. We got that. Cool. Let's talk about Raw, right? So, Bray and Matt have shown, since they've been tagging together, which was WrestleMania? Yep, WrestleMania. They've really grown together as a team. Tandem offense. They work together. They're legit. Is that fair? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I know they're not on television right now, but they literally need no build to show dominance. When the Authors of Pain show up and they make their presence known, we know how legit they are. Is that fair? From a pure sort of physical aspect, yes. Okay. I'm not their biggest fan, but I do understand where you're coming from. That's all that. Yeah, that's 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 what that's what I'm saying as well. 
That's all I ask. I'm a huge fan of them, but at least you can understand that the second they show up again, it's it's on. You both have have you know slobbered, if you will, over Drew McIntyre, but we've both given Drew and Dolph <laughs> a lot of love, and that they have a purpose and they're killing it right now. So can we say they're legit? Yeah, uh-huh. I think you can. That, that tandem finisher is a stroke of genius, absolute genius. Yes. And and what the sad thing is, like a lot of people forget, like Dolph's like really, really good, like really, really good. And the, the problem with the problem with Dolph is that he gets a little stale, mm-hmm. which is why no, and... him and Drew together works. Yep, but. I know, again, got off on a little bit of a tangent, but ever since when he cashed in on Del Rio uh, and, and it, he got a concussed, like, maybe a couple of weeks later and he dropped the title not long after that, you just felt ever since then that that was it for him in the sense that I don't think you're ever going to see him in that spot again, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I, I believe you're right. I mean, but we do have to acknowledge that after the brand split again, who, who was the first guy to get the title shot at SummerSlam? It was Dolph. So they have pushed him to that level that just haven't given him the ball. But mm-hmm. so, so we have three. And I guess this can lead to one of the things I want to talk about specifically. The B-Team. They're a comedy act. Absolutely. They are a bunch of idiots. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. But they have a true... They are a true group. They are a true team. They have, they are, they're truly interesting, right? There's a, there's a real level of interest in, in what they do, and they've, they they've shown that they're getting a push. They beat Brazango twice. I know it's not a big deal, but they are like, they have segments where they, the segments are about them. They're not a part of the segment. The segments are solely about them. So I feel like they're being, they're getting a level of, of seriousness might not be the word, but they're getting a level of care. The company is showing that mm-hmm. they're, they're doing, so trying to do something with the team. So I understand in the, in the traditional term of legit, they might not be, but at least they are, they're getting time, right? The whole barbecue thing was solely so they could convince the rest of the guys they can get a title shot. So that segment was about them. So is it can is that fair? Yeah. That's four teams, right? And then the rest of the teams on that on that brand, you know, Brazango can wrestle and they're funny. We know the Revival can wrestle; they just haven't got an opportunity. Titus Worldwide just had a tag title shot what a couple months ago. You know, so like they like I I I don't think that they're the tag title the tag. I don't think the tag divisions are being prominently pushed right now which is a problem uh but i don't think they're in dire straits they they have legit teams from so, a non point of view i i do like to i want to see if there is any nod whatsoever to with bo dallas and bray Wyatt interacting just from a non kayfabe side because i don't i can't remember them interacting can you nxt Right, okay. See, I, I think on the main roster, 
I think they've maybe had one or two moments where they've just sort of might have been in the same vicinity where they've looked at one another and just had that sort of face off, but nothing, nothing too serious. The, the thing about uh, the B team, to a certain extent, they've both actually been over like for a long time. I think a lot of people have liked them mm-hmm. as an act or individual acts. Can we take them seriously? I think we can. I think we can because I think they're both good in the ring. Um, Curtis Axel is always, it doesn't matter what kind of role he's been in, but he's always somehow still been relevant in the sense where it started that whole uh, actual mania, etc. Moved on to a different couple of other things and then he moved on to the Miz as well. I think you can push them as a credible threat. Um, I don't think, not right away, I don't think you can immediately shoehorn them into the title picture, but I think if you, you can definitely build them up. To make them look like a, like I say, to make them look like a credible threat, because like I say, from for me personally, anyway, I've always quite liked the both of them. I I'm not ready to say you know they, they've not been underutilized or they need to be pushed more, etc. Because there's only a certain amount of spots. But yeah, I definitely think you can use them properly, even if you never put a title on them. I think if you let them go, they're every bit as good as most of the tag teams on that division. There's a, there those both Dallas and Curtis Axel are a true testament to the fact that yeah you can you if you persevere and you find something that gets over with the crowd and you find a conduit or a gimmick rather to show that to show what got over to the crowd you'll get the ball. Axel and Dallas have ever since they joined up with Miz. Have well, if you can go back to the to the old social outcast days, they were always interesting. But since, especially since they joined up with Miz, and you know how funny they were, and how much they made you laugh, and you could see, you, we know they can wrestle. You could see the little hints of them working and stuff, and and all of that. And they took that and they found a way to make it interesting in theirs. And so with them calling themselves the B team because they can't be the A team. B team stands for the best team and coming out with the shirts and marking and coloring the shirts in on the way out and the and the, the victory celebrations and stuff. They found something that they knew was working for them and fleshed it out and truly made something truly interesting and the company's rewarding them for that. And uh, you're absolutely right. I think they could be credible. Now, you could be a comedy team and be credible. Look at Too Cool. You could be a comedy team and be credible. Eugene, uh, Eugene and Regal? Yeah. There's plenty of of comedy teams that have been... Any team R-Truth's been in in the past six years. You know? Like, <laughs> the New Day. They're essentially a comedy team. Granted, when they get serious, they're better than anybody, but, you know. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of the New Day, is it time? Is it time for the breakup? Clive, I'll let you go first. No, it's not time yet. I would like to see them do what the Shield did and that they go for singles titles more often or have singles feuds more often. The New Day gimmick... It has been stale and it's been revitalised a couple of times now. 
but I don't think it's time to um, split them up yet. There's been rumours that there's Big E is destined for a big push, like a monster push, so it might be him that wins the, that represents New Day in the Money in the Bank match, and it could be Big E that wins that, tight, that briefcase. I just think there's... T- I'd love to see them do the singles route at the same time as doing the tag team stuff, and even if, if it is going to still be comedy, then they could do the free bird rule for the singles titles as well. Yeah. Ahead, yeah um, ahead, I know you want to say something about it. I Would I split them up at this moment in time? Not yet, because it, let's just... I agree with what Clive says. It would be nice to see if they do win a singles title and then any one of them can sort of defend it like they've done with the tag titles. That would be different, something we've not seen in a while. It would add a little nice little wrinkle to that team. But for me, there's still some... There's still unfinished business with, say, the bar. We haven't have like a pro. I would like to see a sort of feud that lasts for say two or three months or whatever. Um, before we, before you split them up, I would I would have Big E being the one that breaks away. For a reason, I think Kofi's older than the two. I don't think they're going to push Kofi into the main event scene that now. Um, Xavier Woods, I think. I don't know. I don't know how he would fare in, as a singles guy. He has just got the size, the look. He's got the charisma. Um, he's he's a really, really good wrestler as well. Mm. If you're going to have any of them branch off, I would have Big E. And it's just, would you? I don't know if you would do a Shield type breakup. I'm not entirely sure how you'd go about it, but. I, I, I can wait. I would I would rather they held off splitting up, but if, if anyone's going to go, it has to be Big E, I think. And then you could continue uh, Woods and um, Kofi as a tag team, but let E go do his thing as well as a singles guy. I look at it the opposite. I think if you were to split them up, I think it had to be Woods. And I say Woods because he's the one of the three who, on his own, has the mic skills, the charisma, and the um, creativity to get over on his own. Like, and I say that, and this is no disrespect to Biggie and no disrespect to Kofi, but proof's in the pudding with those guys. Those guys got their chances. They didn't do anything. Right, Woods is by far my favorite out of the three. Mine too. Now, now Big E is the best. Big E has the highest ceiling. Big E would be the first world champion of the three. Yes, I agree with that. But I think Big E has found his lane as a lovable good guy. Woods could be a very psychotic, cerebral bad guy. I, you know, I, I, I just think he could play that role. Especially with his love of video games, you know he got characters for days he could play. Now, as to the question, should they break up? I hate to break up a team with this much history. And I would hate to do it just for the sake of doing it. But I think that there is no better time than Money in the Bank. Uh, 
How what? would you go about doing it? Can I offer how they would go about doing it? Please, please. I think it would be a great idea and a pretty big rating spike if next week on SmackDown, in order to finally determine who's going to be the money in the bank, they have a triple threat match between the three of them. And that determines who goes through. So it's friendly at first and then it gets a wee bit heated and say Big E wins it and he goes into the briefcase match. <coughs> and that sort of gets the dissension in the ranks. So excuse me. <coughs> so I think that would be an interesting one to do. I would go out my way to watch that match, even if it is on TV. You could definitely go about that way, and that would be a very interesting way, but can I can I offer an alternative? Go ahead. I like the the thing they're playing up that nobody knows who they're gonna pick. You'll know the night of. I I, I think that's cool because that's the beauty of winning the way they did and the free bird rule if you want to use, right? So let's say let's say let's use Big E for example. Let's say it is Big E, right? And in the match, let's say there's a moment where E is by himself and he's on his way to get the briefcase. And let's use Woods, for example. Woods comes out, and you think Woods is there to celebrate with him. He pushes him off the ladder. And his reasoning for doing it is they all agreed it was Big E, but he thought about it. He thought, why should E get this opportunity when I should get it? E's got an opportunity to be a world champ before. E's had an intercontinental championship. E's had a career and had opportunities. Kofi's had opportunities. I've never had opportunities. I got called up and immediately wasn't on the show. This is my time. It could be done. And if it is going to happen soon, while WWE are setting trends with things that are going on with the women's division at the moment. And since we're on Outsider's Edge, I'm going to go another level of depth. Uh Uh-oh. And if I'm wrong, then feel free to correct my white arse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put that on the loop and I'm going to send it to us so we can just have that whenever we need it. An audio gif. See, has there been... So say they go down a similar route that they did with the Shield... And somewhere down the line, at maybe one of the big four pay-per-views, or one of them as a champion, mm-hmm. and they have a triple threat between the three, has there been, again, correct me quickly, black wrestlers competing for the title? Purely black wrestlers? What, like in a one-on-one, do you mean, or...? Uh-huh. For, for the, like, in the main event feud. For a world championship? Uh-huh. I mean, if, if you count The Rock, yes. Rock versus uh, Booker T. Right. So, that was a few. But yeah. in terms of a triple threat, that's pretty groundbreaking. Would it not be? No, I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure I'm sure if I tried hard enough, I could find one. But the bigger problem to, to point out what you want to point out is we got to think about it. That's the bigger problem. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what I was thinking what, about. Like, what what yeah. if, let's just... Uh, it's Big E, who's in Money in the Bank. Everyone is laid out. Kofi or Xavier Woods, whoever, come down and then they climb and take the briefcase down, right? <laughs> so they pull so it you over. Could, yep, something similar to that. Or 
could you possibly say again? We'll just use Biggie as an example. Biggie's in the match. Biggie wins it clean, no issues, nothing. All new day celebrate. Two, three months down the line, AJ Styles Nakamura, whoever has a title, is beaten up and lying in the middle of the ring. And out comes running Xavier Woods with the briefcase, and then <laughs> he he cashes in. And then, yeah. Yep, and then that there causes issues within the within the team. And you could break them off that way. So you could then have Woods going off doing his own thing and you would have E and Kofi. Kingston. Well so, go, go even further down that. What if they all shared the world championship? Remember how that, uh, that, remember yeah, how that Michelle McCool and Layla so. did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but I I guess to, to the bigger point is this. At some point, they're going to have to break up. Uh-huh. And when they do, it's got they've got to have a... The, the Shield breakup was so perfect because they had a real story about not only why they broke up, but what to do after the breakup, right? It was it was, it was, it was real. It wasn't just, oh, we're going to break them up for the sake of breaking them up. The instant they broke up, those three guys became the top three guys in the company, essentially. Right? So if you're going to break up the New Day... There has to be a reason for it and a plan for the next two, three, four months at least. It's funny you said that about the Shield because Clive said pretty much the exact same thing to me as well on the podcast last night. Um, okay. So, yeah. And, and the thing, just sort of talking about the Shield, the great thing about the Shield, it was what was so unexpected about it. Everyone was thought it was going to be Ambrose it would be turning because yes. they kind of seemed to be planting no seeds and then when it was Seth like everyone was like oh wait I didn't see that coming so yeah I agree um, I, I, I can get on board with the idea that Woods or Kingston or whoever causes the other one to lose Money in the Bank and they win it or they win the Money in the Bank and it's like the three bird rule and then they keep the title and again it's the three bird rule and they all defend it or if you want to split them up, I can get on board with that. I can get on board with any of them. Um, but I said I'm. I'll just hop back to what I said initially. I'm just not ready to see them split up just yet. So, isn't that the best time to split a tag team up before they've reached their? Before they become, but yeah, before still? you get to the point, yeah, yeah. Which was the point, but, by the way. That was the point of the reason they broke the shit up when they did. Could yep. they got another year out of it? Sure, but from a team perspective. They were never going to get higher than they got at that point because they had just beat Evolution back-to-back cleanly, which was the beauty of them doing it right then and there because they stopped it at the hottest, absolute moment they could have stopped it at. Yep. And, so, and the beauty of the, the thing with Evolution was that they eliminated all three as well. Yeah. Uh, without, without, yep, yep. So, yeah, I, I understand that sometimes it's, you do it. You It's that whole... If you want to use it in a, 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 a sporting term or whatever, you would you would rather get rid of a player one year too soon rather than two one year too late. Pull up, up your Belichick, yeah. Yep. Um, so I understand that. Um, like I said, I would just I hope they don't do it just for the sake of doing it. That's probably that's the, that's the, that's the fear, my yes. main point. Yep, that's it. So don't do it just for the sake of doing it. Actually, have a plan for all three of them. If you don't have a plan, don't do don't it. Do it. Yeah, and if, and if and if you don't have a plan for them as a single, please have a plan as a tag team. But there's, because a, I said there's yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just saying there's still some feuds there left in the tag division that you can you can have 
where you don't need to do it. But like I said, if they're going to do it, they must ensure that there is a plan in place because then ultimately, what was the point? Yeah, and but I'm just, I, but I think there's no better to, if you were to do it. And I I don't know if they have a plan or not. I just feel like the the this is the best time to do it, seeing as they keep pushing. No, you don't know who's going to be in the match and the ambiguity of it, and they don't really have anything to do. I, I, I don't know, man. You know, I just the the whole the Miz the Miz TV they had with all three of them was really interesting to me. That because Miz was trying to turn them against each other, you know, and WWE likes to do a lot of foreshadowing, so I don't know if that was foreshadowing or just filling time, and it could have been a little bit of both, but. So, um, anything else you guys want to go to, or are you ready for the quiz? Well, from your equal scientists last earlier, I'm not sure if we are ready for it. But there's only <laughs> one <to> find out. <laughs> Look, if no, if anybody can say nothing to me about how a hard quiz, it's you, Clive, because you have the absolute hardest quizzes ever created. Fucking hardcore title. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I I I I will fight. I will fight on my deathbed that that is the greatest title in the history of professional wrestling. The hardcore title. That had, I think it was more so just a twenty-four-seven rule, to be honest, as opposed yeah. to the title itself. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, it's just I don't know. Happy memories from childhood, I suppose. Oh yeah, that that hardcore twenty hardcore title twenty-four-seven rules probably. Some of the most entertaining stuff we've ever seen. Yep. Uh, okay, so is it fucking quiz time? <laughs> do you want me to... A live rendition? Do you want a live rendition? Give it to me. Would you like it in Drew McIntyre's accent? Well, isn't Drew McIntyre's it, accent it... like the same as yours? No. No, has 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 a lot more cleaner and posher. Yeah, it's a lot more. I spent too much time on the on the American on the Americas. <laughs> that accent is not a true representation of Scotland. Oh. Um, right. uh, so I'll do it for just for laughs. Right. Will I put your name first in this one? <laughs> However you figured it to do it. This this is very weird. I get it. This is like the Ricky and Clive at Outsider's Edge Super Show. It's fucking quiz time with Outsider's Edge and Ricky and Clive and Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) A fucking WWE quiz. Okay, they do. It's good stuff. <laughs> okay, I I love that. By the way, I I'm, I love that. So there are seven questions, and because this is the takeover edition, I thought it'd only be right if I quizzed you guys on takeovers. Is that fair? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to warn you: the questions aren't particularly hard, but they do. There there are a lot of answers. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna ask you for all the answers, right? Uh, the multiple answer questions. Y'all ready? With, and the mm-hmm. buzzer. Oh yeah, the buzzer. Yeah. Do you do you guys have the buzzers? Uh, Clive, what's your buzzer? 
Oh, it's true. It's damn true. I like that. Ricky? I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be cool. That's the old throwback. I like it. Okay. So, question number one. What was Bull Dempsey's weight? I'm playing. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke between me and Clive on the text. (laughs) No. Question number one. Uh, Of all of the NXT takeovers, and when I say NXT takeover, I am counting NXT arrival on every question. That is counted, okay? Okay. Of all the NXT takeovers, name all the cities that have held takeover. Fucking hell. Question number one, baby. Yes. Oh, and I give you, I give you a hint. Of all of them, two of them were not in in America. Two of them. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll even give you the first one, Orlando. Oh, 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 it's true. It's damn true. Yes, sir. Florida. Okay, well, Orlando, but I'll give you that. Oh, sorry, sorry, city's right. Orlando, mm-hmm. London, right? Oh shit! At what point am I? Can I jump in? Like, you know what? Go ahead. To wait? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I don't personally care because these are very hard questions. So, so London. So y'all got Orlando and London. Go ahead. What's next? Throw out another one. Philly. Philly, yes. New Orleans. Yes. Um, last year, where was the Royal Rumble last year? Phoenix or Arizona? No. Mm. No, that's Royal Rumble this year. <sighs> where was it last year? San Antonio. Yes. Houston. Yeah, you better say my city. Uh, <laughs> Brooklyn. Uh, there you go. That's a big one. And I know ugh, I need to get this one correct. Where the hell was it? There were three did, left. Did, did, did I say New Orleans? Yes. There were three left that you haven't said. Y'all want to hit? Um, um, no. um, Toronto. Toronto was one. Yes. Remember. Dallas. WrestleMania 32, yes. And one more. And it's Chicago. the one you guys should all remember. It's the one coming up. Chicago. Good job. Uh, Chicago last year. Okay. So, see, that wasn't too bad. Is that is that too hard? It seems no. hard first, and then when you sit and think about it. It gets worse. It gets way worse. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> this one shouldn't be too difficult. Question number two. Of all of the NXT takeovers, again, counting NXT arrival, four of them have ended without an NXT championship match. Men's NXT championship match. Name the four matches. Oh. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Clive's face right now. She's he is regretting talking. even wanting to do this. Don't even worry about the buzzers, man. Y'all work together. I get it. It's difficult. Just work together. I can only think of one right now. What is it? Cardano Champa. Cardano Champa. Okay, that's one. <sighs> Bailey Sasha Iron Man match, Iron Woman that's, match. That's number two. The tag team title match between DIY and Authors of Pain. Where where uh, Champa turned on Gargano. That's number three. Uh, mm-hmm. That was last year. Um, 
One more. I know. Oh, shit. Are you counting the one coming up? No, you're not, because you don't no. know the card. Or silly, stupid question. Clive, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Would you guys like a hint? Yes, please. It involves tag teams. This is entertaining stuff, y'all. <laughs> um, entertaining radio. <laughs> Would you like another hint? Um, I'll give you another hint, but this is the last hint I can give you. Okay. Go on. It's a tag team gimmick match. Oh, war oh. games. Yeah, okay. war games. Once again, in Houston, I was there. How do you not remember that? My feelings are hurt. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this, that, that was in Houston. Story. But um, you ready for number three? Yep. So this one is just a simple answer. It's not a multiple answer. So you guys want to buzz in on this one? You can. Okay. Number three. Which West? Which wrestler has wrestled the most takeover matches? Oh. That's. I don't know if that's a trick question or not. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Yes, sir. I'm going to go for Asuka. That's absolutely correct. Right. Asuka has wrestled 10 takeover matches, and second behind her are Andrade Cien Almas and Johnny Gargano with both nine matches. I'm surprised at Almas, actually. Well, you've got to remember, Almas wrestled a lot of those matches nobody cared about. Roderick Strong, Ty Dillinger, Bobby Roode. We forget about those. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, another, this this one is another easy one. Um, how many lead announcers have called NXT takeovers and name them? What was the last thing you said there? How many lead announcers, like play by play, not the guys on the side, not Corey Graves or William, Re- like the play by play announcers? How many lead play by play announcers have called NXT takeovers and named the people? <sighs> Oh, it really, I promise you, that's a lot easier than you think it is. No, it's, there's one. There's one that I can't remember. That's why I asked the question because it's one I know you guys won't remember. By the way, he's from Houston. <laughs> is it Bruce Pritchard? No, it's not Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> it's not Bruce Pritchard. It's not Booker T. It's not Stevie Ray. No, it's not Caitlin. It's none of those people. It's not me. Right, two of them are Tom Phillips, mm-hmm. the face fucker. Yes. Uh, and Mauro Ronaldo. Yes. Who loves alliteration a bit too much. <laughs> Mamma mia! Psycho from Sicily. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, what's that other guy's name? Ricky, you're not even going to venture a guess here, are you? I, I thought I had him, but I don't think he's from Houston, but I'm just going to take a guess. Is it Matt Stryker? No. His Good name start, starts with R. His name does start with the R. His name, okay, I'll give you a hint. His name is the same name of one of our good friends. First name. Right, Rich. 
first name is Rich, yes. I, I'll give it to you. You'll never get it. Rich Brennan, yes. Brennan, bastard. Rich is a good friend of ours. <laughs> I mean, social suplex, right? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, Rich. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, he's um, definitely the third man in the quiz now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's four questions. Would you like to stop? Because the last three are... <laughs> Just go no, for it. we'll go for it. They're really not that hard. I'm, they're really not that hard, I promise you. This one is easy. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta remember. Question number five. Name the card for NXT Arrival. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> there are six matches. The full card. The full card. Right, well, the main event was Neville and um, Bo Dallas. In a ladder match, correct. It was also Paige and Emma. Correct, for the, for the very first NXT Women's Championship, yes. <laughs> um... Honestly, I can't uh, begin to remember the rest of them. <laughs> okay, so there's a tag title championship. Who was the tag champions back then? Was it not the Ascension? The Ascension, and they wrestled a team from back in the day that we said earlier in this podcast. Too cool. Too cool. That's 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 a third. Three more matches. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to be mean. One of them. Cesaro, Cesaro and Sammy. That's another one. And I'm I, I'm. I'm going to give you one of the other two because it w- I would be really mean if I counted it because the match didn't really – it started, but it didn't finish because Rusev beat him up. But Tyler Breeze versus Xavier Woods. See, before we continue, now, you need to remember, TakeOver, well, Arrival, mm-hmm. UK didn't get the network till after, right? I think, no, that's not right. No, Arrival was the very first show on the network. Arrival was, what, was 24? End of 2013, beginning of 2014. It was February 27th, 2014, right before WrestleMania. This was the I, tag. I, I don't know who the other one is. Mojo Rawley versus CJ Parker. Well, you, did you make a mistake when you said Ascension faced too cool? Yes, that is not a mistake. Are you fucking kidding me on? Well, no. Were they not the first ever NXT tag champs, so? though? No, they weren't the first. Um, the first NXT tag champs were Oliver oh, Gray and Neville. Yeah, and Neville, that's right. Yeah. Too cool. Am I getting... Wait, hold on. Yes, too cool. As in the this guys... Was, this, was, this was before you had like the real love affair with NXT, though, I think. Aye, it was. And I think it was before we had the network over in the UK. I'm sure it was. Let's find oh, out when we got... When did we get the network again? Do you know? Yeah. If Jerry Lawler. I feel bad. I feel bad. That's the case. Grandmaster Sexy, too cool. Don't yes. that too cool? Yes. Brian Christopher and, 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 and Scott Taylor, yes. That is very, very random. We got it in later on that year. Aye. Yeah, we got it uh, according to this site, WWE Network now available in, in the UK and Ireland, and that was dated... What date was that? 19th of December, I think it just said. Yeah. yeah so we got it late December. Around about rival. <laughs> or 
well, evolution. That's what it was. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, do you want me to stop because I got two more and I feel bad now? No, no. Oh. I'm still, I'm still a history buff, even though I do, I refuse to believe Too Cool were in a developmental brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, that, and that's the funny thing about the Ascension. That's the funny thing about the Ascension. Yeah, they were dominated in NXT, but they never wrestled anybody. There's it three. Like a, huh? It sounds like a Mad Lib. <laughs> no, it's real. It's very real. <laughs> um, the four teams they wrestled at Takeovers were Too Cool. Uh, Kalisto and Ricardo Rodriguez. Then the next one, Kalisto and um, uh, Sankara, the Lucha Dragons. And then finally, they fought Hideo and Finn in Finn's debut. Oh, and it was unbelievable. Right. By the way, the next question is how many people have debuted at TakeOver? There are, in fact, I'm not going to be me like that. 12 people have debuted at, at, at a TakeOver. And Finn Balor isn't one of them. So when I, I want you to pay attention to the actual to, to the question. Because when I say debut at TakeOver, I don't mean sitting in the crowd. I mean in an actual segment or match. Okay. And, in, hey, and, and, and I mean like their first time ever being on television. So like I'll give you a hint. Baron Corbin doesn't count because he had been on NXT TV before and was re-debuted at a TakeOver. Does Nakamura count because he was yes. in a very short... It does count, right? So Nakamura. Adam well, Cole. Adam Cole, yes. That's two. Ember Moon. That's three. Right. Kevin Owens. That's four. Ricochet appeared on NXT, didn't he? Like, yeah, he was on TV. TV. Yes. Uh-huh. So he doesn't count. You guys ECT got, was in the crowd, and and he was on TV. Remember, he had uh, a promo. Yep. So so far, you guys got Adam Cole, Kevin Owens, Ember Moon, Shinsuke Nakamura. Almas. Joe Joe I'm Dry and Almas is another one, correct? And Joe appeared just at a normal show, didn't he? Yeah. No, Joe Joe made no. his debut after I Kevin thought. Owens beat Sami Zayn up. Samoa Joe counts, yes. So that was that a takeover. And takeover, yes. Takeover, yes. Could it be had that got off of music? Mm. So that's what five? You that's six. Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, Ember Moon, Shinsuke Nakamura, um and Andrade Cien Almas and Kevin Owens. You would you, do you guys need some hints now or you want to keep thinking? Some hints, please. Yes. Who's, hints. who's your current NFC champion? Oh. Alistair Black. Okay. Um, yeah. More hints? Um, I'm just trying to think of the takeover matches. Okay, I got another hint for you. This particular wrestler lost his last name once uh, when he got called up, or as he was called up. As as he was called up, so that well, not on not he lost his last name not the second he got called up, but on the main roster he lost his last name. Apollo Cruz. Apollo yeah. Cruz debuted at Takeover. Yes. Four more people, and I will give you another hint. One of the one of the two of the people are a tag team. 
Yeah, I was trying to think um, that it would be a tag team. They are a, they are a tag team. They were a tag team then and are still take are still together as a tag team. Harper and Robin? No. Good that's a good guess. So who's we've got the revival, we've got who's still a tag team just now? Authors of Pain? Authors of Pain. And you have two more left. Would you like hints or you want to think about it? We'll take some hints. We don't want any dead air. Okay. Uh, one of one of them. Okay. Well, both of them are Japanese wrestlers. Itami. Itami and. No, no. Itami was on TV before his takeover. Not on NXT TV. Because he didn't have a match at Takeover. He got his 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 Takeover when he he uh he signed his contract in the segment. But it wasn't on TV. That was still wrestling for Noah. But his first appearance in WWE television was on, was at a takeover. He came out as Kenta, changed his name as Hideo Itami, and the Ascension came and tried to beat him up. That was at a takeover. That was what takeover was that? That was the takeover where a, they lost the titles. Where Ascension lost the titles to the. Uh, so what was that? It was was it takeover which, Fatal Four Way or yeah, maybe was after fatal. that? I didn't realize that was a takeover. Yeah. That was Fatal 4-Way, I think. Yeah, because the Ascension lost the tag titles and then came out mad at Hideo. And one more person, and he's also Japanese. This And this this is one of those that's, that's not a fair answer. This isn't fair. Like, this is a trick, a trick answer. Is it Kenzo Suzuki? <laughs> no, that's a, that, that's a good guess and bad guess at the same time. <laughs> this wrestler doesn't wrestle for WWE. Oh, Liger. <laughs> yes. Nice one. Nice last one there. That was good. Thank you. I didn't. I knew. I knew y'all wouldn't get that if y'all just were thinking. Um, and last question, and this might be the easiest one. You just got to think about it. Oh, you've been saying that the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't hard, I don't think. But. I'm, but I'm an NXT, I'm an NXT nerd, so maybe this, they're not hard for me. We had a quiz last night where half of the questions had already been discussed in the <laughs> episode, and we still got them wrong. Do you know? It, it's just it's the pressure of a situation. That's probably what it and is. If, and if and when we ever have this quiz with other guys on the Social Suplex Network, we we might struggle. It's the pressure. Um, the pressure gets to me. Um, just so you know, when it comes time for the Social Suplex Super Quiz, I will have left the network in fear <laughs> of credibility. Oh, he's already put his we're, notice in. We're like, we're like, um, during during the podcast before the quiz, we're like regular season James Harden. The moment the quiz comes on, we're post season James Harden. We just choke. Too soon, man. <laughs> Too soon, dog. Too soon. <laughs> Ooh, I'm glad I'm not a Rockets fan. That would hurt my feelings. Okay, last question. And I will give you a hint to start it off. Okay? <clears throat> question number seven. If you do not count TakeOver Chicago 2, the one coming up, and, and you do count NXT Arrival, 
Okay? If you mm-hmm. don't count the TakeOver coming up and you do count the first NXT arrival, how many NXT TakeOvers have there been? 20. No. That's a very that, good guess, though. We'll see if that's the case. Then this is a quick plug for a survey that I've been doing, collating results for, where next week's episode will be an NXT TakeOver special episode. If you want, you can check out the show notes on the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show, and it has a link to the survey. But I've been calling this the 20th TakeOver coming up. So Have I made a of it the whole time? No. If I'm, I remember the question was, if you do not count the takeover 19? coming up, 19. Ha <laughs> ha. Because uh, uh, I'm not uh, counting uh, the one coming up. up. Exactly. Uh, It'll be 20. 20 after this one coming up. I don't think I counted. I think I fucked up my survey, guys. <laughs> well, you, you might have, but you've still got it right. <laughs> Technically, you did, yeah. It's 19 takeover so far. It'll be 20 after TakeOver Chicago 2. Mm-hmm. That wasn't so, too bad. No, that was fine. That was actually good. And I managed to get a cheeky plug-in for the survey as well, so... Well, maybe that was the whole reason for the quiz, huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, if I could, guys, we would do a nothing, a nothing but NXT podcast i love the show that much um everything going on that show is fantastic if you watched it last night then you saw ricochet literally break the laws of gravity uh, it's ridiculous mm. <laughs> uh velveteen dreams jaw is still on the ground um but nonetheless i appreciate you gentlemen rocking with me today um you we've been be on here for a very long time so I think it's time to to go ahead and say our goodbyes, but uh, let them know where they can find you at. Clive? You sure? Because I usually make a mess of our plugs. No, no, go ahead. It's fine. Well, I don't need to do all of it because that will be Rance's turn tonight. <laughs> so again, just a reminder, check out the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. There are details in the show notes for how you can take part in the NXT survey. Uh, and we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook and Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Instagram. The Instagram account is not an ampersand for the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at me for? Nothing. You've done well there, actually. You actually nailed it. <laughs> I know. Uh, I write 205 Live columns for socialsuplex.com and lordsofpain.net so I love my 205 Live I love my buddy Murphy and <laughs> and Ricky has a tour coming out this fall um, with his with his boy band so look out for that You, I'm sure tickets will go on sale in the next month or so for anyone that's never saw me I'm I'm a 10 Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being humble. Um, so, uh, let me give my Pusha T slash Thanos side before I do these plugs. You can follow the entire Social Suplex podcast network at Social Suplex. 
You can listen to any of our podcasts wherever podcasts are found on any medium, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Podbean, which is where we host them, Podcast Addict, everything. You can follow uh, my partner in crime, Carl, at Outsider Curvin. Follow the show at Outsiders Edge SS. Follow me at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in Dollars. The rest of the click, you can follow uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky and Clive, of course, as they just said, at Ricky and Clive. You can follow One Nation Radio at One Nation Radio. You can follow Keeping It Strong Style at K-I Strong Style. You can follow the new indie podcast, Grown Men Watch This Shit at Grown Men Pod. And even though I believe it is on a hiatus, you can still follow the Wrestling Watch at Wrestling Watch SS. I also host a morning podcast every morning for thechairshot.com. And we are host, we are, uh, sponsored by the actual company world class revolution wrestling and we are called the world class radio you can follow us at world class daily follow my partner in crime for that show and the publicist for world class revolution wrestling box jordan fox at box the podcaster i also write a podcast write a write a column every week for chairshot.com look out for that and um oh and we also uh we have a monthly quarterly debate show that i'm a part of for social suplex called what you mean with sports Keita's simon cotton you can follow him at sgc speaks we just released it last night so uh talking about money in the bank and the history of it and a preview of the show so uh go take a look at that speaking of that ricky and clive just released the episode last night and that episode is also about money in the bank and some of their favorite moments Go listen to that. Can that I it? say something about Jordan Fox? Yeah, please. He is having a more successful first year in the business than Kurt Angle right now. <laughs> Just about, right? He's uh-huh. the Brock Lesnar of, uh, of backstage uh-huh. workers. Hats off to the man. I'm, hey, man, that's my, that's my partner in crime. That's my brother from another mother. Love that dude. I'm honored to be working with him um yeah he is a true testament to if you want to do something bad enough go out there and make it happen mm-hmm. um so with that being said it is midnight in scotland right now so you guys got to get some sleep <laughs> um any last words anything else you want to leave the people with Kona reeves for president See, I really think the truth is that you love that dude and you just don't want to admit it. I love hating him, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, I'm so caught up in just the trashness of it all that it fascinates me. Well, that means he'll be world champion by Survivor Series, so there you go. Ricky, oh my God. anything you got to leave the people with, brother? Or has he already left the people? Ricky has left the building guys thank you for listening we love you we appreciate you send us any feedback you got if you think I'm an idiot let me know you think I make sense let me know but we can't do this without you guys we appreciate it y'all have a good night take care there he is now (laughs) (laughs) perfect timing 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.